Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, we can go ahead and dismiss those who are in uh, for discipleship class. You are dismissed in Jesus' name and no other name. Amen. Sorry, I'm looking for my sermon. My daughter was playing with this thing, and now I can't find it. So, uh, yeah, don't help me, Lord. Yeah, thank you. Let him, yeah, exactly. Let me suffer. Huh. So weird. Where did it go? There it is. Okay. Amen. 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 So excited to uh, see Caleb coming back. And all I can think about is who's going next? Amen. Who's going next? Because someone is going next. But of course, with, with time. But um, we're excited to see people going out into the mission field and doing the work for the Lord. So we're ascending church. Um, amen. Amen. So what, um, I've been really battling um, coming up with a sermon. Um, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a real big jokester. I don't know if you guys ever know that about me, but I uh, tend to be a bit sarcastic. Um, but one thing I take really seriously is, uh, is the Word of God. I, I really do. And so I get really, so I've been trying to study for this uh, lesson, and I've been having a hard time. And um, Stephen's message just kind of led me right through, so I really appreciate that. So God really did speak this morning. Um, but I want to read from Proverbs um, chapter 16, verse 3. And I'm going to use the net version. The net version. Um, verse 3 says, Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has worked everything for your own end. That's right. It says his own end, not your own end, huh? Even the wicked for the day of disaster. That crazy co-worker might not be from the devil, but from God. So God might be sending that crazy person your way to work his plan. Amen. But everything, if you commit everything to the Lord, your plans will be established. And the Lord has worked everything for his own end. As long as you commit to the Lord, your plans are established. I'm going to read um, uh, about Balaam. He's such an interesting character. Um, he's a Gentile prophet. He's a pagan. And here he is prophesying over the, uh, uh, the children of Israel. And it's fascinating because... Uh, a lot of, you know, I read a lot of scholars, and they just, they don't like this story because it doesn't make sense. What is a pagan prophet doing in the book of Numbers? A Gentile of all things. Um, so they just, they really have a hard time with this passage. That's why I love it, because it's, that's why he knows God, right? Who knew, right? God can use pagan prophets to speak, Amen. I might mess up your theology, but yes, God can use pagan people to speak to you. Amen. Um, so here we are at the story of Balaam, and he is a Gentile prophet, and he is trying to be bought uh, for a price 
to curse the people of Israel. And, um, and he's a prophet. So just, and we've been talking about the gifts. I know in small groups we've been talking about the gifts. And uh, the gifts in no way um, talk about maturity. God can use anybody, a murderer. It doesn't matter. It has no ramification on your maturity. As we can see here with this prophet who is all about the money, and God is speaking through him. Right? Do we? So remember, it's just because someone can raise somebody from the dead does not mean they're a, a, a mature Christian. Alrighty? Even though we're impressed by that, we think, wow, this could be the Messiah. They're not. They're just somebody God is working through. And so here it is, this Balaam, this guy who's all about the money, and God is working through him. So I, I relate a lot with Balaam. Um, I think he's a real outstanding guy. Um, but I'll go ahead and read, read before I get too distracted here. All right. Um, we're going to go ahead. Uh, chapter numbers, chapter uh, 22, verse 22. Or actually, you know what? It's going to be verse 15. My apologies. As Balak sent another group of nobles. So it's actually going to be verse 15. Mr. Nick there, I apologize. He'll yell at me later. All right. Verse 15. Balak sent another group of nobles, higher ranking and more distinguished. And they came to Balaam and said, Balak, son of Zephor, says, please don't refuse to come to me. I will honor and reward you lavishly. Anything you tell me to do, I'll do. I'll pay anything. Only come and curse this people. Now, by the way, I'm using the message. I don't know if you saw that. It's the MS. G, I'm using the message, uh, the real, the real uh, translation here. Verse 18, Balaam answered Balak's servants, even if Balak gave me his house stuffed with silver and gold, I wouldn't be able to defy the orders of my God to do anything, whether big or little. But come along, stay with me tonight, as the others did, and I'll see what God will say to me this time. So obviously I can't do this. But just in case, if he changes his mind and he lets me keep all this money, right? Let's just put a bunch of $100 bills in front of you. You're like, wait a minute. Don't leave. It's kind of dangerous. It's night right now. Why don't you stay the night in my house? I'll go talk to God. He might want me to curse his people. Who knows? He's God. He can do whatever he wants. Just, just hang out. And God came to Balaam that night and said, since these men have come all this way to see you, go ahead and go with them, but make sure you do absolutely nothing other than what I tell you. So Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and he went off with the nobleman from Moab. And as he was going through, God's anger flared. The angel of God stood in the road to block his way, and Balaam was riding his donkey accompanied by his two servants. And when the donkey saw the angel blocking the road, brandishing a sword, she veered off the road into the ditch. And Balaam beat the donkey and got her back onto the road. But as they were going through a vineyard with a fence on either side, the donkey again saw God's angel blocking the way and veered right into the fence, crushing Balaam's foot against the fence. And Balaam hit her once again. God's angel blocked the way yet again, a very narrow passage this time. 
There was no getting through on the left or the right. Seeing the angel, Balaam's donkey sits down under him. And this time, Balaam lost his temper, and he beat the donkey with his stick. Then God gave a speech to the donkey, and she said to Balaam, so this is the donkey speaking back to Balaam, what have I ever done to you that you have beat me these three times? And Balaam said, because you've been playing games with me, if I had a sword, I would have killed you by now. What he doesn't understand is there's a sword right in front of him. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your trusty donkey on whom you've written for years right up to now? Have I ever done anything like this before? Have I? He said, No. Then God helped Balaam see what was going on, and he saw God's angel blocking the way, branching a sword, and Balaam fell to the ground and his face in the dirt. Reading the story, we see both the donkey and Balaam have the same destination in mind. But how they get there was completely different than what they had originally planned. For the next couple of hours, I want to talk about the God of detours. The God of detours. That's French, detours. Detours are long. There's a definition, by the way, from the web, so it's legit. Detours are a long or roundabout route that is taken to avoid something or to visit somewhere along the way. And the story of Balaam is full of detours as he heads towards Moab. The first detour we see is that Balaam faces is when the donkey heads towards the field, or better translated, the ditch, leaving the road behind. Here is Balaam in a ditch looking over the road. Failure. That's how I see that. Failure is a detour that we all will face and will continue to face as we move forward with our relationship with God. When I talk to somebody and they tell me they have very few mistakes, it tells me one thing. They play things very safe. Failure often feels like a detour, but failure is often used by God to bring us to a place of Christian maturity. Peter denied Jesus three times. When he was questioned, he yelled at the woman and told her he did not know who Jesus is. That same Peter who rebuked Jesus that he would never deny the Lord failed. A detour, unfortunately, Peter had to go through. However, this Peter who denied Jesus, the one who preached in Acts 2, were two completely different Peters. I'm sure the Holy Ghost had something to do with it as well, but I think there's a little bit more to it than that. A detour Peter had to go through. Failure isn't the end, but a place to reflect of what could have been done different and moving forward with that new information. I'll repeat that again. Failure isn't the end, but it's a place to reflect what could have been done differently and how you're going to move forward with that new information. Because in our lives, we are going to have detours, right? 
The second detour we see here that Balaam faces is when the donkey moves and crushes his foot. Health problems. <laughs> I'm just pulling these out, okay? This is, not, this is not like doctrine here, all right? So health problems are often a detour. Sometimes our health can deter us and bring us to a place that is closer with Jesus. And you guys all have heard my story uh, about my knee injury at the ripe old age of 18 and how it brought perspective to my life. It was a necessary detour to bring me back to my first love. When you're healthy and you don't have health problems, you often feel invincible and you feel you can work 36 hours straight without sleeping. However, when illness sets in or some medical problem, then we have to slow down. I feel like whenever I get sick, it's God's way of saying, I need you to slow down. Right? I hope, how many of us had the flu? Yeah, I mean, not, not right now. I mean, in your life, have you ever had the flu? <laughs> Everybody's like, I don't know. I don't. It just slows you down, whether you like to or not. Uh, it's, you know, I, I used to get sick. I hated it. I hated it even more with kids because I really, I still have to take care of the kids, whether I'm sick or not. It's, it's like there's no day off here. But it does. It, it brings you a place where you just, you have to call out or call in wherever part of the country you're from. And, and you can't go to work and you're stuck home all day. You can't do anything. You can't move. Everywhere hurts. It's a good place to be where God can kind of just slow you down, kind of speak to you. So health problems, that could be a detour. That could be one that takes you to the side. The third detour that the donkey sits down and doesn't move. Waiting is another detour that God has to go through. Not yet. I didn't say yes, but not yet. Hold a second. Just wait on the Lord. Nothing more frustrating than that song. We sang it, uh, actually, we were listening to it during prayer. Wait on the Lord. It's a terrible song. I hate that song. You don't wait on the Lord. If you get 200 megabytes per second on an internet, does it mean you want to wait? You want things now and fast. And God just says, wait. I don't move at your time. God says, wait, right? And this is something we have a hard time with. My, my daughter was going to a birthday party yesterday, and I told her she's going to have to wait. I mean, she was already dressed, ready to go. And I said, when that shorthand gets closer to the two, that's when you can get ready to go. And she just sat there watching the clock. She said, look, it's at two. I'm like, no, that's the second hand. That's going really fast. That is not what I, I said, the short hand. Do you see this short one right here? That one. But that's what we do, right? All right, Lord, it's time now. It's time now. Let's go. Let's hurry this up. Come on. And God just says no. Slow down. Slow down. We all have to go through detours in our lives because that's where the path is. 
And sometimes there's a delay because our timing is off. And God just says, wait, the timing is off here. Sometimes it's because you're not at the level of maturity he needs you to be. And he's going to take you another direction. Remember something about detours. They are unexpected and they are never planned. Just like the wind, as we heard this morning, completely unpredictable. And that's why we don't like them. Because they're unpredictable and they always mess with our plans. But as long as we have an anchor in Jesus, we know we're going to get right back onto the path. It might just not look the way we were thinking of it, but at the end of the day, we do get to the right destination. Because Balaam and the donkey were both trying to go the same destination. They just had two different expectations. The donkey saw something Balaam did not see. And of course, he took a right and then a left. Do you see that in your life? Do you see God kind of taking you a different direction because he's trying to protect you? Or maybe he's just, he needs you to learn something. Believe it or not, God does do that. He's a teacher. He'll work with you. I don't know. It's amazing. Here's Joseph. He has a vision. He sees all his brothers bowing down before him. But he had no idea that he'd have to go through a pit, slavery, prison. But ultimately, he went right to the palace. I don't know. I don't know if you, Jesse, was a, such a great plan for Mr. Stephen there. But it was a necessary place for him to go to in order to get the vision of what we need to do here in Newark, Delaware. Because what I heard in 2013 is a lot different than what I'm hearing now when it comes to methods. Has God placed you in a detour? Is God wanting you to learn something? And the question you should be asking, while I'm here, is God protecting me from something that's ahead? Has God protected me? Has God just taken me a different angle here? But remember, if we commit our ways to the Lord, it's not our plan. It's his plan. Are we okay with that? Obviously, Balaam was not. He was looking at the hundred figures. He was looking at the Benjamins. He wanted to get paid so he could curse the people of Israel and just leave. But that was not the plan that God had. And what's fascinating is this pagan prophet is the one who will speak of the coming Messiah, a shooting star who will rise up out of the line of Jacob. He's the one that's talking about the coming Messiah, this pagan prophet, the one who went through several detours and ultimately ended at the right place. And he kept blessing the people of God. Isn't that funny? 
Here's Balak. He's paying him. He pays for all the animals. He sets everything up to curse the people of God. And what, what happens? He blesses them. The enemy pays the expense of your blessing. How crazy is that? Will you stay on the path? Are you going to be anchored in Jesus? Or does the detour take you left field? I wonder what I would have to be on. was just like, you know what? It's the end of that. Let's just, let's just turn around. I'm just using this as an example. I know the context is a little different, okay? That's probably, that's probably what God wanted him to do, but what, what would have happened? Doesn't it happen to some of us? Some people we've known? Are you going to be anchored in Jesus? Because you're going to have detours. You're going to have places where it's completely unexpected. And are you going to be willing to be sensitive enough to know where the Spirit is leading you? And the Spirit's going to take you wherever. Are you going to be sensitive to that? The music could come. The God of detours. The God of detours. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Who could stand? We're going to get to the destination. We're going to make it. Just not the direction we were planning to go. I was planning on taking 95 down home, but God's probably going to take me on Kirkwood Highway. It's slower. It's traffic lights every 10 feet. People drive at five miles per hour. There's always somebody stuck ahead of you, so you have to stop and slow down. But eventually, I'm going to make it home. Are you okay with that? As leaders, you're going to have them. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Life's just going to throw all kinds of things at you. And you're going to be like, okay, God, what do you want me to learn this time? All right, obviously, maybe my timing is off here. Maybe you're just delaying something because you see something I don't see. Yeah, there could be an angel trying to kill you. I'm not saying every bad thing, there's a purpose, but, but God does turn it around for something good if you commit it to his plans, his plans. Jesus, Lord, we love you. Help us, Jesus, when you throw our plans out the door, Lord. Help us, Lord, when you have us go the slow track where everything just slows down. Help us, Jesus, when we lose our health or our mind. Or the Lord, we end up, Jesus, in failure or 
Or you just told us to wait, Jesus. Help us, God, to be anchored in you, Jesus. Let us be anchored in you, Lord, because I know, Lord, eventually we're going to make it onto the path and go to the destination, Jesus. Watch over us, Lord. Watch our spirit, Jesus. Lord, we love you. I love you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name.